Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, along with my co-host, Binksy. If you're watching on the Instagrams, you can see the cutest, absolute cutest dog who happens to be 15. 15 fucking years, y'all. I've had this dog for 15 years. I'm so proud that she has chosen me. Um, but yeah, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. And it looked like she wanted to say something. All right, folks. Well, welcome to another episode. I just want everybody to be able to say hi, Pinksy, and let her say thank you for all of the birthday wishes and love that she got from all of her internet cousins and such on uh the social medias she says thank you and she is being so cute on cam oh my little puppy but i'm going to be more distracted than she is going to be so we're gonna let her be on her way she just want to say hi go on baby go on to daddy so welcome to another episode of travel and shit happy to have you here and thank you for indulging and letting uh the puppy girl say hi this is going to be an interesting episode so I recently came across an article in the Times. It was, about to say it was aired. It was published April 8th of 2023. Shout out to uh, Allison Kruger, who was the author of that piece. Have eggs, will travel to freeze them. Women are traveling to freeze their eggs. This stood out to me particularly... Because as a woman of a certain age, I'll be 38 in August. I don't have a problem with that. Pretty pleased. It beats the alternative. I'm not dead, right? However, my GYN keeps asking if I'm going to freeze my eggs. And it's, um, I don't want to say it's a bit unnerving. Science, you know, I get it. She's concerned with if I am going to be able to safely and uh, healthfully be able to um, conceive and carry a baby to term. So I get it, right? But now this is absolutely something that isn't just like a little fluff piece or a little story that you see and then move on because it doesn't apply to you. This actually happens to apply to life. Before I dive into the article, I was, I don't necessarily have an answer for her um, in terms of freezing eggs. I, off top, I tell you now, not really interested because I understand it to be quite a, um, it's a lot. It's a lot, not just financially, but emotionally, physically. I have a coworker who was pretty candid with me and um, she was telling me about her and her husband's uh, attempts at in vitro. And I have a couple of friends who have had difficulties conceiving. And these are friends that are my age. Again, I'm 37. Uh, so it's not something that is new to me. It is something that probably within the last maybe 10 years or so has just stood out a little bit more. And the older and older I get and continue to be childless, the more it seems to be present for me in different places 
that I um, turn my attention. So this article in particular was really freaking interesting to me. So few stats, not even just a few stats. Let's just start with the shit is fucking expensive. In the United States, the entire process, and this is from the Times article. There'll be a link to the article in the show notes uh, that can be found on the website, travelshippodcast.com. This is episode 231. So you can just search episode 231 and it'll bring you to all the show notes, travelshippodcast.com. So the entire process, including the medications, the doctor visits, and the average number of years of egg storage cost about 18,000 American fucking dollars. And most women can't even count on their insurance to even cover that. Uh, They made a note in here as of 2020, less than 20% of U.S. companies with more than 20,000 employees had health insurance plans to cover the procedure. So it makes absolute sense that women would consider leaving the country, especially if they're here in the United States with such an expensive price tag on freezing your eggs. And mind you, that's just the freezing part. You still got to do something with the eggs after the fact. That does not include um, IVF, in vitro fertilization, which is a completely different process in and of itself. Also doesn't include, um, well, no, it does include the storage of the eggs. So that's another cost that you have to consider. You go through the process, which it's about two weeks and may allow a woman to extend her fertility. Typically, the patient injects herself with hormones to stimulate the ovaries and then undergoes a procedure by a specialist to retrieve the eggs and put them on liquid nitrogen for future use. Also of note, that wasn't noted or mentioned in the article, is that the shit ain't even guaranteed to fucking work. You might have to do it again. So, um, And that I know particularly applies to IVF. But if you, for whatever reason, go through all of your eggs or your embryos and you are still of a viable age to retrieve more, now you got to go through the process all over again. Um, One of, well, the only company that they made note of in this article that basically arranges and, I don't want to say they maintain, but they put together the... Again, don't want to necessarily call it a vacation because travel is more than vacation, folks. So the company is called Milvia. I don't know where they are detailed. Part of me didn't even want to click on the website um, because I also don't want a ton of pop-ups about egg freezing, IVF. Like I don't necessarily need to have it blasted in um all of my ig ads facebook ads twitter ads i'm good okay i i remind myself enough but um milvia handles every detail of the trip from the flights to the hormonal medication to the doctor's appointments and uh their focus basically is making egg freezing more accessible by bringing women to places where the procedure is cheaper and again The article I'm referencing is from the New York Times and the link is in the show notes. The Czech Republic and Spain, for example, remember I said in the U.S., $18,000, which does not even include uh, the process of actually 
allowing you to use your fucking eggs. Czech Republic and Spain, for example, you can get one round of egg freezing done for under $5,400 versus $18,000. It's kind of like, well, not even kind of like, this is medical tourism, but it is not teeth whitening or, uh, you know, getting veneers done. It's not getting, um, you know, a lot of people consider just like BBLs, liposuction. Like when people think of going to another country for some type of medical procedure, I feel as if a large portion of the demographic immediately goes to body modifications. But there are tons of other procedures that people are availing themselves to in other countries. And here we have what is to be, because I put this down, where is it? Global fertility tourism markets, including people traveling to the United States. So that's not just U.S. citizens or people that live in the United States going to... um, other countries, but this includes women, excuse me, not women, birthing people, people who have babies. Uh, we are inclusive around here at Travel and Shit. So global fertility tourism market, including people traveling to the United States, is expected to grow at a rate of 30% over the next seven years, becoming a $6.2 billion industry by 2030. It's a lot of fucking money. A lot of fucking money. Um, another note is, like I mentioned before, you also have to store your eggs once you retrieve them. Notes on those costs because, additionally, not only do kids cost fucking money, but for some people, it costs a lot of money just to have a child that is also going to continue to suck you dry of your money. God bless them all. Um, you can choose to keep your eggs in a country where storage costs are usually cheaper as well. So in Canada, for example, it can cost under $200 a year to store the eggs. In Spain, you can do it for a little over $200. Y'all, in LA, a year of storage costs about $750 fucking dollars. In New York City, it's more than $1,000. And that information was from FreezeElf. Because, I mean, I get that that's what you do, but I maybe would have thought up a another name for the company if you were to ask me. No one did. Just saying. Um, a lot of birthing people also return to the same clinic to do IVF, which is the process that they have to go through if they want to use their eggs because it's also less expensive in those countries. So the entire shit, kit and caboodle. You can do overseas. So what was really interesting about this story to me was one of the quotes from one of these young ladies was people that have traveled to freeze their eggs said it transformed the procedure, which can be arduous into something that almost resembles a vacation. Uh, People, I am deliberately not saying women because inclusivity, people who have traveled to freeze their eggs, said it transformed the procedure. Uh, As of the publishing of this article, they were doing what appeared to be a group of people to London. And according to the article, they chose London 
because one, they wanted to choose a location that they were comfortable with the standards of health, as well as it being an English speaking country for the people that they were bringing over there. Uh, They'll arrange for sightseeing. They'll arrange for you to meet other people that are in the process or on the trip, if you will, to have their eggs frozen. And they will also set up you just chilling in the, in the room because you're taking hormone injections. So your hormones are going to be all over the place. It's, it's a fucking injection. So if that skeeves you out, you're a little squeamish or whatever, and you're just not in the mood to be jovial and excitable, then they can arrange for you to just chill in your room. You have the option of going out and exploring another destination as opposed to, you know, just being in your head about what the procedure actually is, as opposed to being in your head and focusing on the stress that you've already kind of sat with in the planning all of this and the making the decision to do this in the prepping yourself emotionally, physically, and uh, financially to have a child or to attempt to have a child. And then also the consideration that you're going through all this right now, just to now have, not just to now have a future issue, but you're just freezing your eggs. You're not even going through the process of trying to get pregnant immediately. You're not going, like you freeze your eggs because you don't necessarily want to be pregnant now. People freeze their eggs for a myriad of reasons. There's a ton of different reasons and everybody's reason is their own reason. However, you're not going to freeze your eggs to then try to get pregnant immediately. Now, if you are, for whatever reason, unable to carry your own baby to term and you are considering having a surrogate or if you are considering whatever whatever other birthing plans there may be. I can't say that that's what my course of study covered when I got my degree. So I can't even tell you what all the reasons or all the options and, you know, um, procedures there are for that. But if you're freezing your eggs, it's because you don't want a kid right now. So it's a world of stress to get yourself to that point where you make the decision, whether you're doing it on your own, with a partner, with your family, with friends, whatever the case may be. It's enough of an occurrence. It's enough of an undertaking to then have to revisit and have the entire IVF process, um, you know, still be on the table for you to do. So a lot of people... And by a lot, I mean the people who are deciding to travel to freeze their eggs. It makes sense. It makes sense that you would want to possibly detach yourself from the stress of regular life, from the stress of whatever is going on in your world that, or the joy, because not everybody decides to put off having kids because it's a stressful situation. Some people just decide I'm having a good fucking time now. This isn't just, this just isn't the best time for kids for me right now. So whatever your stress is, whether it be good stress, bad stress, indifferent stress, wherever on the spectrum or in that Venn diagram, your feelings and emotions fall, the opportunity to turn that experience into the experience that travel allows you to being in a new environment, being in a new setting, being around new people, having the ability to kind of just, you know what, 
Maybe I'm not going to focus on work for these two weeks. Maybe I've got time or maybe I've got leave or whatever it is that you end up taking so that you can put yourself in a more calm space so that you can be present for what this is. Because another thing, because I was talking about this with the boyfriend and in my mind, I'm like, if I were to freeze my eggs, I wouldn't want them to get the stressed eggs, right? The Like the stressed out ones. I would want to physically be as calm as possible so that the eggs that they are harvesting are going to be happy eggs, healthy eggs, hopefully, right? You would assume that you are going to freeze your eggs. Again, assumption. You would assume that you are going to freeze your eggs a little bit later in life, right? I guess there may be a 20 something that is freezing their eggs. Don't know. Didn't Google those stats. But I'm going to make the assumption that people that are freezing their eggs are going to probably be, let's say, 33 and older. I wanted to say 35 because it's a round number, but well, let's say 35 because basically they tell you that 35 and up is basically downhill your geriatric pregnancy from there. So let's just assume that the people that are freezing their eggs are 35 and better. So I was talking to my partner and I was saying, if I were to freeze my eggs, I would want to be as calm and as stress-free as I possibly could be. The idea of being able to separate myself and remove myself from the normal stress of everyday life and have this procedure and process occur when... I historically are at my happiest. Like I enjoy travel. Why would I not, should I have the means, why would I not want to make this experience, which is already a stressful experience, as enjoyable as possible? And one of the, um, one of the quotes was from a young woman Lauren Stevenson, and I'm saying her name because she was directly quoted in the article. She actually lives in London, 42. Uh, She chose Norway to freeze her eggs. And she basically said, people talk about egg freezing in such a negative way. It's intrusive. It's painful, she said. I feel like if if I was in a beautiful, serene place, it could actually be a different experience. And that was a real like, nah, I feel you. I feel you. I'm going to be stressed. This isn't something that I would opt to want to do if I didn't feel as if it were in my best interest. Um, so if it's going to be something that I'm already a little, ugh, here we go. This is going to be a lot. I would like to make it I don't want to say enjoyable, but as low stress as fucking possible. So I personally haven't given much thought to where I would go in the world had I decided to freeze my eggs. However, there apparently are currently hotspots for egg freezing. So Mexico, and I quote, Mexico, because if you are going somewhere nearby, it's close, 
and just so much less expensive. This is for American women, obviously. Barcelona, because it is such a sexy city, there is never a bad reason to go, but also it's the most advanced country in Europe for research and new development. I mean, Barcelona was cool and all, uh, but I personally would rather sit on a beach all day if I could. It's not that Spain doesn't have beaches, but I don't know that Barcelona is a coastal city. I'm not a geography girl. But um, And then also, who's to say? Mexico is huge. Who's to say that where they're actually doing these procedures or the place that you choose to do the procedure is going to have a beach? If I were to have the procedure, I know that I would want to be one in a place where they spoke English. I don't speak enough Spanish. And as great as my partner is, he speaks a little. He is, God bless him, medical Spanish is not the same as conversational Spanish. Fair, right? So I would prefer to be someplace where there is no language barrier. Another note that they made in the article um, was cultural barriers. For example, I wouldn't necessarily jump at the idea of going to the Czech Republic to have the procedure done because there I feel like I'd run into a couple of different uh, cultural differences that I wouldn't necessarily want to add to my plate while I'm already going through a stressful procedure. Uh, A lot of women, excuse me, a lot of birthing people will go back to that same country. So not only will you have the egg freezing procedure, you can choose to store your eggs at that location, at the destination where you decide to travel to have it done. Or, or in addition to, you can also return for the IVF procedure because across the board, all of the shit is cheaper outside of the United States. And what was cool about the company, um, Milvia is that they can arrange for every detail of the trip from the flights to the hormonal medication, to the doctor's appointments. They really do their best to make it more accessible for more birthing people. And they are doing one of, and it appears that they do group trips. So they are looking at Britain for those, some of the reasons that I mentioned before, no real culture shock. English is spoken there. And they have roundabout $7,000 in, in Britain is what's listed as the cost, but they haven't finalized their price and they would like to keep it under $10,000. I really want to look, I really want to dig around and do a little checking. But again, I'm telling you at this point right now, I do not want those pop-ups. I would have to do like, oh, when you like search the internet, not in restricted mode, but like private mode where they don't save your cookies and stuff. But um, what is quite curious to me is this article came across my uh, my screen, if you will, right in the middle of Black Maternal Health Week. Didn't know that it was a thing. It is, as of this year, it is from April 11th to April 17th. Shout out to the homie Kim, Beauty and the Bump. She is a uh, beauty and mommy blogger. And she is the one that made me aware that this was even a thing. She posted a beautiful maternity photo that she had and um, raised that awareness to me. So 
I was aware that, of course, Black maternal health stats are trash. I want to say Black women are two to three times more likely to die in childbirth. And oddly enough, I was reading an article maybe a month ago where they further broke down that statistic through, uh, what's the right word? Um, money based on like rich people, poor people, middle-class people, whether you had insurance, whether you didn't have shit like that, they broke it down across different demographics. And it appeared that the more money you made didn't save you like, Prime example, I feel like we all go to the good sis, Serena Williams. If they could ignore her, world-class fucking athlete, a champion performer. If they could ignore her while she is saying something is wrong with her body, I am personally um, not expecting for my word to be taken at face value. Uh, So from... Kim's tweet, not tweet, uh, from Kim's post, she had a comment here. The statistics are staggering. According to the CDC, black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy related causes than white women. And for every black woman who dies, dozens more experience life threatening complications that could have been prevented with better care. Another quote from a separate article that will also be in the show notes. I want to say this one was a Forbes article, and this was from February 20th of this year. That article had a quote here. According to the CDC, each year in the United States, about 700 women die during pregnancy. In the United States, first world country, very developed. 700 women are still dying during pregnancy, or during the year after delivery. Each year, around 50,000 women have unexpected labor and delivery outcomes with serious short or long-term health consequences. Even more disheartening, two in three pregnancy-related deaths are preventable. As if these statistics are not alarming, alarming enough, especially in a country that prides itself in exceptionalism, black women are three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause than white women. That said, it is critical to keep in mind that many of the unique risks Black expectant people, won't say mothers, face are not the result of carelessness or a lack of concern about the health. Um, It is due to structural racism, which causes Black women to experience various disparities, such as pre-existing chronic health conditions, wider gaps in pay than both white men and women and racially racially discriminatory treatment within the healthcare system. Overall, overall black women face risks to their health from discrimination, both from health professionals who do not take their concerns seriously and from biological wear and tear caused by chronic stress. Thank you, Forbes. Thank you. So um, the idea of traveling for medical tourism that happens to be freezing your eggs on the table. I personally would, if I had the ability to have that much time off of work in one shot, if I could get two weeks off of work 
in one sitting and I were in the market to freeze my eggs. I mean, I'm not, not in the market, but I'm also not in the market to freeze my eggs. Uh, but I mean, if I'm gonna do it, I personally would like to remove myself from the normalcy of my everyday and have the procedure and take care of the process away from home. I personally look at it as a, I don't want reminders of that stressful time around the house, if that makes sense, right? I would rather have this done away from my everyday life so that during that process, I don't encounter things or um, encounter experiences that later become triggers. So this is going to be stressful. You're pumped full of hormones. It sucks. So five months from now, eight months from now, I don't want to look at the couch that I would sit on to have all the medications laid out or I don't want to look at the robe that I wore every day because I was stressed about it. I don't want to have to go to work every day after giving myself this injection. Like, I don't necessarily know what the process is. Like, if you can go sightseeing, if you're up to it and meet other people and do other shit, I would assume that you may possibly be well enough to go to work afterwards, if that's the case. Like, I I don't know what it is. And if that is the case, I want to separate myself from that as much as possible so that when I am now back in regular life, I don't have constant reminders of the process of freezing the eggs and what that stress is assumed to be like. So I personally absolutely would. And if we were looking at the few countries that they had in terms of options, I could say I might go to Spain. I could say I might go to London. I've been to both places. Um, Neither one of them necessarily have anything that I could say I'd want to repeatedly revisit or do again. So if for whatever reason I was extra stressed about the procedure and it was just like, my God, it's done. Never want to think about it again. I think I'd be cool with never going back to Spain. I think I might be cool with um, never going back to fucking London again. So I would choose one of those two countries personally. That's my part. Uh, That's how I feel about that. Um, Additionally, one of the things that I am adding to the podcast for solo episodes I will be answering an audience question. Feel free to ask on Twitter or on Instagram or via email. I am traveling shit, which is T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T on both Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to DM me on one of those platforms or send me an email to dcarry at travelandshitpodcast.com and ask me your travel-related question. And by travel-related question, it could be tangentially uh, tangentially um, related. 
It doesn't have to necessarily be about, you know, what was the food like in Bali? If that's your question, ask the question, right? But it can also be something like um, if you could wrap any food in your arms and never let it go, what country would have the food? Whatever your travel question is send that my way and you could be the question of the episode also of note i'm sending y'all merch so i want to show my appreciation if you are the chosen question i'll be sending you some merch so tessa curls and why thank you for answering the story uh prompt and her question was travel insurance do you recommend? And I felt like this was the best uh, question to include on this episode because tangentially uh, related. And my answer is yes. I absolutely um, recommend travel insurance. And here's why. Not because I know all the uh, details and cross the uh, T's and dot the I's and all the information about travel insurance and all that jazz. I don't, I skim all of the travel information, uh, the insurance information. But one thing I am certain about me, I'm certain about me. And I know if nothing else, it brings me peace of mind. So my reason for recommending travel insurance, well, my recommendation in terms of insurance, know yourself. Well, it's a two-part recommendation. The first part is know yourself. If you believe it'll bring you any semblance of peace, if it'll take a little piece of stress off your shoulder, do it. Especially considering there are companies that will provide relatively comprehensive coverage while you're abroad in terms of like water activities, different outdoor activities, different types of occurrences like uh, visits, airlifting, reimbursement for different things. Um, It's not just sickness and, you know, medical emergencies. They also cover um, change of plans, cancel plans. What do you call it? Delayed flights, lost luggage. A lot of that is all covered under different insurance plans. I personally generally um, purchase insurance with, Alliance, I want to say if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, Alliance Travel. Because that's what the pop-up is. Usually when I buy my flight, there is an option, do you want to protect your flight? Sometimes I choose it, sometimes I don't. Depends on how much it is. But if I have the slightest inkling in the back of my head whether or not I'm going to be able to make this trip or... Ah, damn, if X, Y, and Z happens, shit, COVID ain't go nowhere. It may not pop out as frequently as it used to, but it hasn't gone anywhere. If I get fucking COVID again, I don't want to now be out of a trip because I didn't spend $40 to protect the trip. So for me, I know that spending a small amount of money to be able to get my $1,000 back on flights or... God forbid something happen. If I know also I intend to do some buck shit while I'm out there, if I intend to get a little crazy, like if I know I'm going to do zip lining when I get out there, if I'm already looking at a 
swim in a shark cage kind of experience, I'm a bit more inclined to get some shit in the back pocket so that I don't feel as if God forbid something happened. You can fall down the fucking stairs. I remember we were speaking with one of my past um, guests, Casey, Casey Isabella. She ended up falling off one of them scooter bikes and ended up having to go to the hospital for stitches. So anything could possibly happen. It could be as simple as, you know, you twist your ankle dancing because you're not familiar with the layout of this club and you miss a stair. Now what you going to do? You could have spent $30 and had travel insurance. So I personally recommend it because primarily reason one, peace of mind. It brings me peace to know that I have something in my back pocket that will protect me should I need a little help in terms of getting my ass off this island or out of this country and back to the U.S. Or I'll have something that protects just in this area so that I can be taken care of and then I can make my way back home for further care or more comprehensive care. So yes, I absolutely uh, recommend insurance, but I can't say that I recommend a particular company I don't know enough about the different travel company options that are around. Like I said, I've always just used Alliance Travel because that's what was accessible to me. That's what was available and that's what I ended up just using. Really that simple. Not because they're better or worse than anybody. They were there. Uh, So I'd be curious if you guys would be interested in... um, a travel insurance episode. I dabbled with the idea. Uh, let me know again. You can shoot me that email or one of those DMS when you ask your, uh, audience questions and we'll see if we can get that into works for you. I have a lot of other really, really, really dope guests coming up that I'm super excited about. And this episode was a little bit like of a precursor. Um, I don't want to put too much out there because It might actually be two different episodes if I can get both people to uh, join me. So I'm really looking forward to putting that together, but it'll absolutely be a, uh, another, I guess you can say medical tourism, um, episode in terms of babies birthing and international experiences with that. So hint, hint. Hold on to your uh, your skirts, your bras, your boxers, whatever you decide to wear. Hold on to your drawers, folks. Working on that. So um, that was this week's episode. I hope it put a little bit of information, a little bug in your ear. So for all of my uh, on the downward slope of pregnancy friends, uh, there are options to make what may be a decision on our horizon, a little bit more enjoyable. So check out those show notes, travelshippodcast.com, episode 231, and dig into a little more information. Uh, Black Health, Black Maternal Health Week, news to me. Happy that it's here. I'm anxiously awaiting a month now that I am part of that demographic. Well, I've always been part of that demographic, but I'm especially... Um, 
in my mind, a more stressed member of that demographic because I'm also just going into it as uh, an older mother. Not now. Not me, not now. I don't want kids right now. But like this soon of things. And here comes my 15-year-old child, furry baby, sauntering, tip-tappy, tap shoes into the room. I don't know if you guys can pick that up in the background. But yeah, Binksy walked back in. This is my child. So the information is there. Totally blew my mind that this was even a thing. It never even crossed my mind prior. So I'm hoping that this puts the bug in your ear and gives you something that you can look into if it is on the docket of things that you may be considering. All right, y'all. That's it. I'll see y'all next week. Bye.